Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, June 16th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. All right, Jay Book, let's get down to brass tacks here. Um, are you feeling good about the Buckeyes' chances of landing the number one offensive tackle in the country in the 2024 class, Mr. Brandon Baker? Are you feeling good? I'm feeling good, Dave. I think this is going to be an opportunity for Ohio State to close this out. Uh, I think Justin Fry and Ohio State staff really hit it out the ballpark with this visit. Our own Bill Curlick, you know, dropped some nuggets on the message board saying that he believes Ohio State's right there, if not leading, um, you know, in this recruitment battle right now. I will say this, Dave, this is how you know it went really well. He wasn't supposed to commit, make a decision until November. One day after he left Ohio State, he goes, nope, I'm moving my decision day up to August. So that right there should tell you, you know, not necessarily, uh, you know, listen, believe what these kids say, but follow their actions. With him moving up his commitment date, that is an action right there that tells me Ohio State has really put themselves in a great position to land a premier tackle. I mean, if, if they can get him, Dave, what a tremendous offensive line haul for Justin Fry coming in here. I know last year, you know, as a first-year coach, a lot of people looked at some of the misses and said, ah, you know, we, let's give him some time. Let's give him some opportunities, some swing at the bats. And if he can bring him, bring in Baker with the with the guys that he got with Ian Boer, the, you know, the Armstrong twins and, and Nave, I, I truly believe that is going to be a future offensive line that has the potential to be really good here at Ohio State. Yeah, it'd be one thing. I mean, if you land the number one offensive tackle recruit in the country and he's from Ohio, it's tough, as they knew with uh, Paris Johnson Jr. They got him under Urban, and then when Urban left, they had to re-recruit him. They ended up loving, you know, Paris Johnson and his family loved uh, Ryan Day, but they didn't know much about Ryan Day when Urban uh, retired, so they had to re-recruit him. Man, you go up to California and get the number one offensive tackle recruit in the country, that is getting it done if they're able to do that. Now, I chalk it up to a few things. Justin Fry has ties out there from his days at, at UCLA. That has to help. Ohio State's recruited, you know, the state of California pretty well, very well lately. Mm-hmm. Um, C.J. Stroud, Chris Olave, many others, Hero Canoe. Um, and I think Paris Johnson Jr. being the number one offensive tackle in this past draft class has to help. You add it all up, man. I think all those factors are, are helping the Buckeyes here. And I'll, and I will add this in there, Dave. If this recruitment last year, I don't think Ohio State would be in the position because when it comes to Brandon Baker, heck of a prospect, but make no mistake about it, NIL will play a factor here. I know Oregon is going to offer him a boatload of money. The difference now is Ohio State NIL collectors, they are on the solid foundation that they will be able to match any offer that this kid gets out there in the free market right now when it comes to NIL. I know you're not supposed to talk numbers with kids before they're actually enrolled. But if he can look at the guys that have been taken care of at Ohio State, Ohio State NIL Collective, they will step up to the plate and deliver if it comes down to NIL. They will not be outbid by any team in the country right now. Um, and you just you know combine that with the fact with everything that you mentioned, the relationship. And I will say this, Dave, if they're able to pull this off, I think a significant amount of credit needs to go to the current Ohio State offense alignment because they were able to build that relationship with him and his family while he was on that visit. 
and especially the uh, the Armstrong twins. I, I like to call them, joke and call them the Pouncy twins uh, because they kind of remind me of that, how they just operate their business. Those guys are totally alpha males that love to be out in front of the spear recruiting for Ohio State. Yeah, and they're, they're still, I mean, they were, what, 220 pounds not that long ago. Now they're up to like 280, 285. They're just going to keep just adding muscle and weight. I mean, those guys are just, they're going to mold those guys into a couple of warriors. All right, I was going to get to this anyway. We have Mike on YouTube wanting to know about St. Clair Montgomery. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into the 2025 quarterback situation. Now, reading between the – obviously, Ohio State's coaches can't talk about this. Um, reading between the lines, my take is they like both Tavian St. Clair and they like Ryan Montgomery. But feels like to me they prefer St. Clair, clearly, in right. my opinion. What, what do you think about that? I agree with that, Dave. You look at, you know, St. Clair to – the kid, you know, what, 6'1", 6'2", you know, 180, 175 pounds last year. Now he's shot up to like 6'4", over 200 plus. Like the kid is really on a meteor, uh, meteor rise right now. I just think that when it comes to St. Clair, the upside with him is so high, Dave, that you have to take him. I, I would tell Ryan Montgomery, like he's a heck of a quarterback. Um, any other year in the state of Ohio, he would be the guy. But I think you have to wait on St. Clair. Uh, you have to see where he wants to go. I do believe he's going to be a Buckeye. Once the rankings and stuff will come out, Dave, um, and he hits those camp circuits, there's no doubt on my mind he's going to be pushing for five-star status. Now, the one knock that you may get is the high school competition that he's playing against. Some people may look at that and say, okay, it's really hard to get a get a, a firm grasp of what he's doing against solid competition. So I do think those camp circuits going out to, you know, potentially elite 11, going out to the 24-7 camps, things of that nature, will definitely help this stop. The more eyeballs that people can get on him, the better. So right now, if I had to rank him, I would have St. Clair ahead of Montgomery right now. And I don't think they're going to get both guys, Dave, as far as quarterbacks. I think – uh, both guys have the option to go pretty much play anywhere in the country that they want to. So I just think that with the Hall State's quarterback room where it's at right now, adding one of those particular guys because you got Aaron Nolan in there. You look, you look at Link, uh, Lincoln Keyholds in 2022 class or 2023 class. Now one of these guys are going to go somewhere, and I just hope Ohio State fans understand this is a business. Ohio State really likes both kids. You're probably only going to get one. Don't try to compare one to the other to say, hey, it depending on, you know, where the other kid goes. Just respect their decision. Understand that, hey, you know, the Buckeyes love both. Ohio State's fortunate enough to have two extremely talented quarterbacks in their own backyard. The way the game is, as far as the transfer portal, NIL been offered out there. You're probably only going to get one. That doesn't mean you need to go and bash the other kid who decides to opt to go to, you know, Georgia or Michigan or somewhere else. I agree with you 100%. I was going to ask you, do you think there's a chance the Buckeyes could get both of them? Because I've been asked that question. I'm sure you have too. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a, a chance. I'd put it like maybe less than 1%. I mean, if you're <laughs> – let's say it works out like this, that the Buckeyes end up making it clear to both young men that we like you both. As you mentioned, they definitely like them both a lot. But we prefer Tavian over 
uh, Ryan. You know, Ryan's not probably not going to sit there and be like, oh, that's cool. I'm just going to go to Ohio State. And, you know, now maybe he would be like, I'll just go there and beat him out. You know, maybe, maybe. But I seriously doubt that's going to happen. As you mentioned, he he could go to pretty much any program in the, in the country. I think they're going to land one of the two and call it a day in that 2025 class. Um, so the Buckeyes now have had three one-day camps, um, including one yesterday. Just overall from the, the past week, has anything else stood out to you that we haven't mentioned so far? I would say uh, five-star wide receiver Mylon Graham showing up to Ohio State and actually working out and putting on the show. Um, that right there tells me, you know, where this kid competitive spirit is at. I just think that him going out there, getting that work in with Brian Hartline, showing that, you know, this is where I'm at in my development right now. And once again, Dave, it's another feather in, in Brian Hartline's cap to say, hey, I saw this kid before he became a five-star. I projected that this is where he's going to be in his career. And lo and behold, here you go. This kid is crafty, uh, great feet. He's able to get in and out of his breaks tremendously well. And I just think I love guys that don't have to show up to camp and perform at camp, but say, hey, I'm going to throw the cleats on and I'm going to go out there and compete at a high level. And that's what you have from him. I thought that was really cool to see. But other than that, I would say the two quarterbacks, Dave, getting out there and throwing it right next to each other. I mean, like I I mentioned earlier, it's a luxury to have two outstanding quarterbacks in your own backyard, being able to get them at camp, get your eyes on them. Because I know, you know, Georgia really likes Montgomery. Georgia wants to get St. Clair down there. Alabama uh, really likes him as well. They're probably not going to have the opportunity to have both guys throwing right next to each other and being able to make a decision as a staff to say, this is who we have ranked ahead of, you know, one or the other. We can't do a show without talking about Aaron Scott. I thought maybe we would today, but uh, our guy Mecca on, uh, on YouTube wants to know about Aaron Scott. He says, what about Aaron Scott? Heard he favors that school up North. I don't know if he favors them. I mean, I think this is This is a definitely, I know he likes Michigan a lot. I, but the family loves Ohio State. He likes Ohio State. I'm sticking with my guns. I think he's going to be a Buckeye in the end. But, man, it's a tight battle between Ohio State and Michigan. What do you think? Um, I think it's a battle, Dave. Sorry if you guys hear the dog in the background. Every time the, the recycling truck comes pulling up, the dogs go absolutely bananas. My uh, kitchen is remodeled right now, so you probably hear power, tool, power tools and dogs here at my house. <laughs> yeah, but as far as Scott, I do think Michigan is a legitimate threat. Uh, I do not feel comfortable um, to say, hey, this is 100% without a doubt a Buckeye lock. I do think Ohio State uh, will eventually win out here. As you mentioned, the parents, they are huge Ohio State fans. I know Sam Webb, Sam Webb on the Michigan site did an article basically where Scott even admitted that his dad does not like Michigan and he feels some type of way when it comes to him being recruited by Michigan. Uh, but Aaron Scott, he, he could be one of those kids, Dave, that just wants to do his own thing. There's been an infatuation with Michigan for some time now. He's up there right now for a visit. They're going to put the full court press on him. I believe Michigan has 13 or 14 of their own commits there. Uh, so they're just going to make sure that um, they're just going to make sure that they get him on campus next week, Ohio State. And if that's the case, that's when Ohio State really needs to roll out the red carpet, make it, make him known, make it known to him that he is a priority. And if they can do that and really sell him, I think Ohio State is going to hold off Michigan. But 
by no means is this going to be an easy battle, Dave. I think it's going to go to distance here, and I hope they're I hope they're able to go ahead and um, make sure that they go ahead close that fence because the last thing that you want, Dave, is to have uh, Michigan coming into the state of Ohio taking the number one player. Apologies, apologies to loyal listener Mika. Mispronounced her name. Probably even called her a guy. So sorry about that. She says, I'm a woman and it's pronounced Mika. Sorry about that, Mika. And thanks for being such a loyal listener. We've got a lot of loyal listeners in here today. I recognize a lot of these names. I love it. All right, let's get to another one here. <laughs> I like this. Name. Ryan Day's beard has checked in. Ryan Day's <laughs> beard has checked in. By the way, now that I see a picture of Ryan Day just from like three years ago when he didn't have the beard, he looks so much different. It's just crazy. Like I'm glad that he stuck with the beard. It's a good look for him. All right, Ryan Day's beard wants to know, on YouTube. He says, I'm excited for Aaron Noland. Seems like he's all in and ready to get after it. Well, Ryan Day's beard, it's funny you bring that up because Jay Book and I were going to talk about the fact, and this was Jay Book's idea. Aaron Noland is looking great at the Elite 11. Tell the people what they need to know, Mr. J, Mr. Jay Book. Ryan Day's beard, I'm with you, man. I'm excited for Aaron Noland. I think he's an absolute stud. Uh, if you look at the Elite 11, he's performing extremely well. 24-7 yesterday after day one. Had him ranked as the number four quarterback there at the event. They released their updated rankings this morning. He's moved up to number three. Uh, so you really have to feel good about where you're at. I After this performance, Dave, if he doesn't win it, there's no doubt in my mind that Aaron Nolan is a top five quarterback in the country. You're already starting to see his rankings go up. But more importantly, Dave, yes, these are, uh, you know, combines with, shorts and, and, and t-shirts that those guys are out there throwing but he absolutely dominated in the state of florida last year i mean throwing for four thousand yards state champion you look at him he just has that maturity to him that grace that poise i really love where he's at i can't remember the last time a hosse actually had a, a lefty quarterback as well that get out there and, and that's really spinning it it's I, we really have to go back in the database and look at like when was the last time a Hosse had a the last, Do you remember the last one? He couldn't really well. He was a three-year starter. This sent well, end of last century, bleeding into this century a little bit. That's your clue. Come on. I don't remember. Remember. You're not that young though. Steve Bellasari. Oh yeah, that's right. Bellasari. Steve Bellasari. I know you blocked that. it out. I know everybody blocked that out of their mind. I know, but still. <laughs> but um, what is that? 20, 25 years ago, Dave? <laughs> I know, I'm, but I'm saying like, so that was from 1999 till 2001. So the last two years of the Cooper era, he was the starter. Didn't, yeah. begin, didn't begin the 1999 season to start. They had another terrible quarterback named Austin Mockerman who won the job. And Belisari won it after like a couple, that team was awful in 99. Then they weren't very good in 2000. And Trestle came in in 2001. Belisari was still the starter until he got a DUI. And then Krenzel took over. They beat Michigan. And there you go. The bell, that was the last left-handed quarterback. We're never ever going to compare Air Noland to Steve Bellasar. <laughs> no, but he, but Air Air's that man. He is awesome, Dave. I'm I'm really glad that Ohio State was able to get him in the class. And the one thing that you really liked about uh, Air Noland is the recruits love him. Jeremiah Smith. He's been he's he's been saying that's his guy. JoJo Trader. Dave, <laughs> you know, JoJo Trader, who there's Steve Wolfong, uh said on the whip around yesterday that Ohio State is starting to surge for Trader. And JoJo Trader thinks very highly of Aaron Nolan. If they're able to, you know, sneak in there, make that a battle with Miami with Trader that 
Steve uh, Wolfone has said yesterday that he believes it's going to go the distance and his best relationship is with Brian Hartline. I think a lot of that is also because of how those recruits view Air Nolan. He get he gets a lot of respect on the recruiting trail from those uh, wide receivers out there. Tyler on YouTube wanting to know any Brandon Baker updates. Sorry if you already touched on this. Yeah, we let off the show with it real quick. Just cliff notes. Jay Book and I think Ohio State's in the pole position. They lead, but still a long way to go. But they are in a very good position. They knocked it out of the park on his visit. I think he's the leader. So uh, the Buckeyes are the leader. So does Jay Book. So there you go. All right. Let's get to a couple more things here. So I had a Mecca Buka on the show Wednesday, which was really cool. My gosh, he's I love him. He's such a great wide receiver and great return man and a great young man. I can't say enough nice things about him. He's coming off a season, Jay Book, 74 catches, 1,151 yards, 10 touchdowns. So a great season. I still think he's underrated. What, what's your take on that? I would say yes and no. And the reason I say that, Dave, is because Marvin Harrison Jr., he gets so much attention from the national media that sometimes I do believe that Emeka gets overlooked. However, within the fan base, I truly believe Ohio State fans, because they're so knowledgeable, that they understand how good he actually is and how great of a season that he had. And then also, if you look at the NFL media, I think he is definitely on the radar when it comes to the NFL media. If you're looking at mock drafts, things of that nature, there's a ton of mock drafts out there from national pundits who have a Mecca going in the first round, and they view him as a, a, a for surefire, you know, top 20 wide receiver in next year's draft. So to answer your question, I think that he gets his respect within the fan base um, in the NFL community, but as far as the national college football platforms, I don't think he really gets his due diligence because think about it, Dave, when, when you had that interview with him, he you, you touched on his health. And I think that's critical to, to bring up because he had a monster year and he really wasn't that healthy. Um, I know there was parts of the season where he, he couldn't even really get his arms up over top of his head because he was so banged up. I thought that he had heavy legs coming down the stretch in late November against Michigan. Um, and you can you know, probably say maybe uh, Brian Hartline didn't rotate the wide receivers enough. And those guys got a little gas at the end of the year, but it's very hard to, you know, be critical of Brian Hartline. And I thought Emeka looked way more um, polished, way more explosive when he got that time off against Georgia. So I think he's poised to have a big year. And I'm, I'm going to say this, Dave. Please put Marvin Harrison Jr. or, or Emeka in a bubble wrap. And the reason I say that is we got cheated last year of having a monster year with Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr., who could have arguably at the time been the best one-two punch that we've ever seen in Ohio State history, and we got cheated out of that. Please don't cheat us out of, out of another opportunity for us to see two guys who have back-to-back -back monster careers playing next to each other who, could, who can go one and two in the NFL draft next year as far as the top two wide receivers off the board. <laughs> And that leads me to my next question, final topic for the show here. Now, you know, maybe we're prisoners of the moment. I don't think so. We've seen some great wide receiver tandems come through here. I mean, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are right at the top of the list. Are we going to look back? Because I think we will. 
Are we going to look back on Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Ibuka being the best wide receiver tandem that we've seen at Ohio State, knowing that that's a bold statement? But I think we will. What do you think? I think we can. And I, I think it, we are so blessed as far as the Ohio State community to say, is this the best ever when we had such a prolific run with Jared Wilson and Chris Olave, two guys who are dominating in the NFL as rookies. Now we look at, you know, just a few fast forward a few years later, and we're saying, could this actually be the best tandem? I think it's going to be the quarterback play, Dave. You look at those, the guy, the quarterbacks that those guys had, they were able to deliver the ball. If, uh, you know, if Kyle McCord is able to have a monster season, he's able to really carry that Ohio State quarterback tradition into this year where they're playing at a, at a high clip, potential, you know, top 10 quarterback type of play, then yes, we could see a season to where this might be one of the best uh, Ohio State tandems in school history, but it's all going to be contingent on the quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback that can't get them the ball, a quarterback that's not accurate, a quarterback that's not willing to let it rip, even though the window's not extremely wide open, then that can hamper the expectations of them being the best duo ever in Ohio State history. One more thing, when I was asking Emeka about the quarterbacks, he seemed to really, really, really have some confidence in Kyle McCord. He said some very nice things about Devin Brown as well. Um, did you read between the lines? Did, you, did that jump out at you at all, his comments on Kyle McCord? Yeah, I think Kyle's going to be the guy, Dave. Um, and you, you and the beat and the, and the Buckner staff, they've pretty much – you guys have pretty much been steadfast that you believe Kyle's going to be the guy. Devin Brown, extremely talented, but maybe not ready for this stage just yet. He's going to get – Every opportunity to compete come the fall. But if you listen to a lot of the players, they kind of, you know, without saying it, they always reference McCord. So I, I, I take it as McCord is going to be the guy. Former, uh, would you, what do you, what do you say? Former roommate of his um, yeah. at Ohio. Yeah, they used to be roommates there. And you look at the relationship that McCord has with Marvin Harrison Jr. going back to high school. I just think that the dominoes line up for him to be the, the, the starting quarterback at Ohio State. And it's going to take Devin Brown to be playing at an extremely high level to where he absolutely blows him away to say, hey, I'm going to you know, perform at an NFL quarterback type of level because that's what I that's what you're come to expect at Ohio State now. If you're going to be the starter, you're expected to play at an NFL type level. And it's going to take Brown to go in there and just absolutely just dominate before I I'm willing to give the reins to him as a starting quarterback for him to overtake that position. So yeah, I, I just think that he's going to be the guy and hopefully Hopefully, Dave, and with fingers crossed that he still plays at a high clip because that offense is going to be absolutely nasty with the wide receivers that they got. And I will say this, Dave, before we get out of here, he mentioned Carnell Tate and Brandon Enos, um, Emeka did, as guys that are extremely talented that reminds him so much of him and Marvin Harrison Jr. as true freshmen. So if you're worried about the Hall State wide receiver position after these guys leave, just listen to Emeka. They got some young studs coming up that are going to be absolutely uh, ferocious, just like those guys were coming into the program. Now I wonder if how much does how much does 
how much do those guys remind um, a Mecca of him and Marvin? Because if, if they remind him a lot, that means they're not going to play much as true freshmen because Marvin and Emeka barely played as true freshmen. Now, I think both of those guys could have played well. In fact, we saw they did in the Rose Bowl, especially Marvin. Yeah. I feel the same way about Carnell Tate, uh, Brandon Ennis, Noah Rogers. I'll throw him in there. If they needed to play, I think they would be really good as true freshmen. But until I see it, I don't think they're going to have big roles because you got to be in that top four for Brian Hartline to play you a lot. Right. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you you look at it, Dave, the wide receiver starters are absolutely loaded. I mean, we haven't even mentioned X-Man, Xavier. He's, he's going to need to be able to get his touches. And, and you look at uh, Julian Fleming, he's finally healthy his entire career. He's pretty much been banged up. Now that he's healthy, there's no way Brian Hartline's going to pull him off the field. So he's going to get his touches. And then at the same time, Jaden Ballard. <laughs> Jaden Ballard's the, you know, the, the fastest wide receiver out there when it comes to popping the top off the defense, he's going to bring something that Marvin and Emeka don't bring to the table. And that's going to be a guy that can really back those safeties off and stretch the defense. So you got to, you got to be able to find uh, a role for him. So you look at, you know, those guys, Marvin, Emeka, X-Man, Ballard, and and then you just keep going down the line because you got five running backs who's going to need touches. You got, arguably the best tight end in the Big Ten in case Stover coming back. There's a lot of mouths to be fed. So I wouldn't have a, a huge a lot of expectations when it comes to those younger freshman guys getting a lot of uh, play here and impact. But it's good to know that what we have in the wings waiting, those those upperclassmen, they think very highly of them. I think very highly of Jonah Booker. Thanks again, my friend. Uh, great stuff as always on a Friday from J-Book. Thank you very much. The Jonah Booker programming note, I will be off for the next two weeks. Dan Rubin will have you guys covered on the Bucknuts Morning 5. I'll see you guys. I'm taking a couple weeks off for a family vacation. Uh, thanks again to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you. Appreciate you guys so much. Again, if you're watching on YouTube and you're not subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. Helps us a lot. Thanks again to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Bye.